0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8 called The Majesty of Our Maker.
1: When Jesus was doing miracles in the temples, the little kids got it. And the little kids began to say, Hosanna to the son of David. And the religious leaders were like, quiet, quiet those little kids. Those little kids knew more than they knew, or at least were willing to praise. They were praising instead of you religious leaders. You should have been praising him. You should have been lauding him. But instead, you rejected him to protect your precious little positions in the nation. And they did what you should have been doing, and they convicted you. And instead of joining with the little kids and following their lead, you wanted them to be quiet, just like when the people were giving Jesus... uh, proclamation as the Messiah from Psalm 118, and they said, tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, if they're quiet, I'm telling you, the rocks are going to cry out. It's going to be the first rock concert. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If they're quiet, the stones are crying out. Here's the irony. The rocks and the children know more than the religious brass of the day, who sadly had become the eni- enemies of Yahweh. Maybe they're the ones in Psalm 8 too. The enemies of God silenced by the praise of little kids. Isn't it sad? The people who knew the scriptures the best allegedly became the enemies of God. And little kids, in one sense, silenced their mouths, proclaimed the strength and the praise of God that should have come from them. Okay, we have to move fast. Back to Psalm 8. I always think it's 45 minutes and then I start preaching and I don't know. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on the second row. Psalm 8, verse 3. When I consider, when I think about, ponder, contemplate, reflect on thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, which you have set in place. When I think about it, uh, I think we might have another picture. There we go. Uh, you know, NASA has done some incredible things when uh, taking some photographs. Have you guys seen photographs from space and then they take a photograph of the Earth? It's an amazing thing. We're, folks, we're on a ball in the middle of space. I hope somebody's driving. If this is all the consequence of some cosmic accident eons ago, I'm not going to sleep well at night anymore. Because nobody's steering according to the experts. This is what's happening out in space, right? But David says, when I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, God's fingers stretched out. In some majestic way that 's beyond my puny brain, even this vast universe that we haven 't explored seemingly an inch of it, he made it all he 's the creator of all this grandeur, all these new stars that we discover and we call, and that one 's bigger than the last one, and we name that one and there 's beetle geese, and, and it 's this and that, and it's Alpha Centauri and then. that. The Lord did this. How majestic is His name. Can I get a hallelujah or an amen in all the earth? I mean, this is the work of His fingers. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with splendor and majesty. For since the creation of the world, Romans 1.20 says, God's invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that man is without excuse. Romans 1.20, just from the physical creation alone, man is inexcusable. He sees God's divine attributes in the power manifested in creation, but even uh, more in man. And so David says, what is man? That thou dost take thought of him or are mindful of him for the son of man that thou dost care for him. Lauren Isley says, man is the cosmic orphan. He is the only creature in the universe who asks why. Other animals have instincts to guide them, but man has learned to ask questions. Who am I? He asks, why am I here? Where am I going? And David, when he looked up, and saw how puny he was in comparison to the grandeur of creation, asked the question, What is man, or who am I? David was overwhelmed when God said, I was going to build a house, I'll build a house for you. In comparison with the lofty heavens, the radiant moon, the host of sparkling stars, man seems to the psalmist wholly unworthy of God's attention. G. Campbell Morgan says, In the presence of the glorious heaven, Man seems beneath consideration, yet it is not so. Man is greater than all. He is but a little lower than God. His place is that of dominion. As man considers the heavens, and puts, it puts him in wonder, especially at God's consideration of him. Later in Psalm 139, David says, How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them... They would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. David is in awe that God thinks about him, but God didn't just think about us, God made us in his image. Yet thou hast made him a little lower than God, verse 5, and dost crown him with glory and majesty. The answer to the question of verse 4 is stunning, says the New King James Study Bible. Man, as male and female, stands at the summit of God's creation. In fact, man is the jewel of God's creation. The only being that we know of, this is what the Bible explicitly says, made in the image of God. The only being to reflect him in some special way. This brings wonder. When God created man, he made man or mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created Him, male and female, He created them. Mankind is unique, distinct from everything else God made. God created man in His own image. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Here's some thoughts. It means to uh, those aspects of human nature not shared by animals, attributes such as moral consciousness, the ability to think abstractly, the ability to reason, an understanding of beauty and emotion. Above all, says this writer, the capacity of worshiping and loving, and I would add to that, the ability to be creative. See, we are by nature creators. We, we enjoy, and some of you are more creative than others, let's face it. Uh, I, I'm surrounded by creative people in my family. I'm not that creative in that way, but they are. They make music, they make art, and aren't you in awe of people who are good at those kind of things? Somebody who can paint a painting and actually do something other than a stick figure. I'm, I'm just blown away by that kind of creativity. And that's something that God has placed in you and me. Yet thou hast made him a little lower than God. Thou dost crown him with glory and majesty. Men and women were made to be king and queen of the earth. To rule, thou dost make him six, to rule over the works of thy hands. When God placed Adam in the garden, he named the animals. He was to cultivate and keep what God had made. Thou hast put how many things? All things, verse 6, under his feet. Man has dominion over all sheep and oxen. Also, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the sea, including the biggest whale you can think of, sea monsters and the undiscoverable, you know, things that haven't even, things wash up on the shore and and scientists don't even know how to categorize some things. Some things that have washed up on the shore look like dinosaurs, frankly, but dinosaurs are supposed to be extinct, so they have to call them something else. You see, man has been given this special place, this special dominion over everything that God has made to be a caretaker of it, to take dominion over it. He is crowned. He is given this special place. And notice the final bookend, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. I want to take you to Hebrews 2 and we're done. Hebrews two, all the way in your New Testament, this is again uh, quoted in the by the writer of Hebrews, and uh, it's going to take us to the gospel, and it's just a beautiful way I think to end this teaching. This is uh, Hebrews chapter two. Look at verse five. The writer is continually showing the superiority of Jesus to everything, including angels, the creation, prophets, etc. Hebrews 2.5, For he did not subject to angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking, but one has testified somewhere saying, by the way, the writer of Hebrews knows where this is located. He's not having one of those moments where we say, I know it says it somewhere, (laughs) somewhere in the Bible, right? He knows where it is. What is man that thou rememberest him? Or the Son of Man that thou art concerned about him. Thou, Hebrews 2 7, has made him for a little while lower than the angels. That's the variant reading from the Septuagint. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. So this is another thing the Septuagint has different. Instead of a little lower than God, it has angels, but I think both are true as we keep reading. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast appointed him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, this includes man, but you're gonna see it's pointing to Christ as well. He left nothing that is not subject to him, but now we do not yet see all things subjected to him.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Hebrews
1: two five For he did not subject to angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking, but one has testified somewhere saying, By the way, the writer of Hebrews knows where this is located. He's not having one of those moments where we say... I know it says it somewhere, (laughs) somewhere in the Bible, right? He knows where it is. What is man that thou rememberest him, or the son of man that thou art concerned about him? Thou, Hebrews 2.7, has made him for a little while lower than the angels. That's the variant reading from the Septuagint. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. So this is another thing the Septuagint has different. Instead of a little lower than God, it has angels. But I think both are true as we keep reading. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast appointed him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, this includes man, but you're going to see it's pointing to Christ as well. He left nothing that is not subject to him, but now... We do not yet see all things subjected to Him, but we do see Him who's been made for a little while lower than the angels. Remember now, the God-man is coming into focus. The God who formed us and made us came into the world. And for a little while, He set aside the prerogatives of deity. A little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the, He came for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that by the grace of God, He, Jesus, might taste death for everyone. We know the garden scene turns a little bit ugly, right? God forms man, and there's this beautiful relationship. God walks with man in the cool of the day. There's intimacy, but then man falls to sin. And he falls in that relationship, and now sin separates him from his Maker, The beautiful fellowship that he once had is now marred and soiled. And so there has to be a remedy for sin because God is holy and he will not put up with sin and he must judge sin. So the one who formed us becomes one of us. He is formed in Mary's womb. Mary, did you know? And he comes into the world on a starry Bethlehem night to be praised by angels and visited by shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among men with whom he is pleased. And the shepherds say, Let us, let's go quickly. Let's go see this great sight. And he's born into the world, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he comes to rescue us. He tastes death, the sting of the curse for every one of us. For it was fitting for him for whom our, all things and through whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through suffering see jesus becoming fully human knows what it means to suffer and i want you to skip down to verse 14 since then the children share in flesh and blood were human he himself likewise jesus also partook of the same he became human that through death He might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might deliver those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people, For since he himself was tempted in that which he suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Jesus Christ came into this world because he knows what tempts us. He knows what ails us. He knows our sin problem. And he came into the world to rescue us. The God who made everything became one of us. And he didn't just become one of us, He went to that terrible cross and died for us, tasted death for each one of us, that he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And when you leave today, you're going to go out into a city where people are walking everywhere with a fear of death. Some people are absolutely petrified because they don't know why they're here. They don't know what life means, and they don't know where they're going. But the God who made us also came to save us. And if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have gone. New things have come. And you can be free, even from the fear of death. I know it freaks us out. I know, you know, we have this experience here on the planet and and we wonder, what's next? Is there a heaven? Is this true? Well, the psalmist says to us, yes, God made everything, emphatically put it on display. He's put his majesty on display in humans. Don't just pass the next human by and think nothing of them. Look into the eyes of a little child. Look maybe afresh into the eyes of people all around you. Don't devalue what God values. Don't devalue yourself. God loves you so much that He came to rescue you. He has prepared a place for you in heaven. And He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwell. Behold, I make all things new. This is only the beginning of the story. Amen? Only the beginning of your story. Trust in Christ. If you don't know him, you're not sure. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while and maybe you just haven't understood this whole picture. You can have hope today, but you must open your heart. You must hear the good news of the gospel and just simply say, Lord, I surrender. I had the privilege of praying with someone the other day who finally surrendered to Christ after many years. And you know what? Um, It's such a blessing And you know, it really comes down to this. It's just about surrendering. And we fight it. We fight it. And sometimes we fight it because we don't think we deserve God to care about us. Sometimes we have so much guilt. We wonder, does the gospel really work for me? It does. (laughs) It works for all of us. We just have to trust.
0: You've been listening to The Majesty of Our Maker, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8. Remember, Walk in Truth is on podcast apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Stitcher, and many more. So you can listen to Pastor Michael's teaching whenever you want. If you're already listening to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcasts, please give the podcast a rating. More good ratings means the greater the possibility that new listeners will find the podcast. Thank you for rating Walk in Truth. And remember, if you have not already done it, search and subscribe to Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, Psalm chapter 8 is really a
1: psalm of consideration. When I consider you, all that you have made, and then I think of how you've blessed me and how you're mindful of me and how you take thought of me And your thoughts toward me, we see in another psalm, outnumber the sand of the seashore. How amazing, how majestic is your name, O Lord. What an incredible psalm. And what an incredible man that we can look at. That is David, and he's an imperfect man, but he's a man touched by God, overwhelmed by God's goodness. And I know that this has been a year where we've been overwhelmed in different ways, but What a beautiful thing to know that David wrote many of the Psalms in times of distress. And yet, when his eyes shifted to God, God lifted his head, as we've seen in Psalm chapter 3 in an earlier message. And uh, David found refuge in this one who is the great I Am. Well, we're so grateful that you're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we're going to move to Psalm 11 next time we're together What do we do when the foundations are shaken? That's how a lot of us have felt, and uh, we're going to dive into that as we continue in Medicine for the Soul in the book, the great book of Psalms. Well, here we are on December 21st, we're just a few days before Christmas. How amazing is that? And the turning over of a calendar, and a lot of you are saying, thank you, Lord, I want 2020 to be in the rearview mirror. Well, you know what? I understand that, but I also think that the Lord has done some amazing things in many of our lives. Amen. He has uh, really shifted our focus and it's caused us to ask some questions about, you know, what is really important to me? Well, speaking of what's important to me and to you, I want to thank you on behalf of the staff of Walk in Truth for your partnership, for listening, for praying, for telling friends and for giving Many more people have uh, jumped on board and partnered with Walk in Truth this year. But I'll tell you, December is really a critical month for radio ministries because it's a time when we really look at um, what we're going to do next year and how the Lord is leading. And it's really a time when many people give year-end gifts. And if that's something that you can do and Walk in Truth has been a blessing to you, would you please give? Would you give as generously as you can? because we want to get the Word of God out to as many places as possible. Every open door we want to walk through, and we don't want resources ever to be in the way of that. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for praying for us and giving. You can give today when you go to walkintruth.com. That is walkintruth.com. Thank you so much. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 11 called When the Foundations Are Shaken. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.